Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of Breaking the Ceiling, a place where we get to learn about the entrepreneurs behind the big brands. All of us have been hearing the word mock meat. Some of us have tried it, some of us want to try it, and others are wondering what the hell it is. Today, I want to talk to the person who started it all. Please help me in welcoming Abhinav Sinha, the CEO and co-founder of Good Do, the vegan eatery, India's first and largest QSR chain. Welcome to the show, Abhinav. Thanks a lot, Ashwin. Pleasure to be here. So, Abhinav, uh, before we start into anything, I want to start with what is mock meat? Let's start with that. Then I will dive into a little bit about you. Can we start with what is mock meat? Sure. So, uh, so mock meats, uh, as the name suggests, it's something that's looking to create meat. You know, people call it by different names, right? It's, uh, you can call it mock meat, faux meat, plant-based meat, alternative meat, and so on and so forth, right? But across the board, you can see the word meat being there. So it's something that is creating the taste, texture, experience of meat, but it doesn't come from an animal, right? So uh, that, so the source could be varied. It could be from plants. In future, it could be from cells and tissues. But uh, yeah, that in essence is mock meat. Awesome. So that, that helps clarify a lot of things. And I also got to learn a couple of new ways of referring to the same thing. Awesome. So Avina, tell me a little bit about yourself before Gudu. Sure. So I uh, did my PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology uh, back in the States. And where I studied proteins, protein chemistry, and the like. I actually uh, used to study the vision system. And I used to study, used to study marijuana which is, you know, a good uh, sort of bar chat topic. But, uh, and then uh, after my PhD came back to India, we, I got into the pharma industry where I worked at Dr. Reddy's and uh, their R&D side of things, mm -hmm. uh, making some cancer drugs and the like. Oh, wow. I did my MBA from ISB. Mm -hmm. And thereafter, I went back into pharma for a couple of years, mm -hmm. uh, working in marketing and strategy uh, at Novartis. And then moved into Good Dot, Good Do, and the whole uh, thing of plant-based meats with some friends and family. So how does a biotechnologist who spent a good amount of time in pharma decide to start mock meat? So what was that transition? What was the journey? What was that aha moment? Hey, guys, this is what we want to do. So, uh, I mean, this, it, there, there was no real, let's say, one particular aha moment. Mm -hmm. Right. It's sort of something that is, uh, you know, a, a story in the making uh, where it started off with us. We, we come from a family to be crazy about food and we are actually a family or a you know, community that really eats meat and loves its meat. Uh, having said that, and I too used to enjoy meat, but as a child, uh, me and my brother Abhishek, who's part, you know, who's uh, sort of the, uh, one of the driving forces behind this whole thing. Uh, we had ethical qualms about eating meat. We love the taste of it, but we used to feel bad about, you know, that we had to kill an animal to eat it. Uh, so every now and then we become vegetarians and then go back to it because, you know, uh, uh, our tongues and our taste buds and other things would, uh, you know, draw us to it. Uh, so much, so, but, uh, but, you know, we could never really reconcile the two. When I went to the U.S., actually for two years, I became a vegetarian after seeing some videos of PETA and other things about animal cruelty which really, you know, hit me deep. But again, slowly went back into non-vegetarianism. 
so th that was the essence that you know we were we were meat eaters who were worried and troubled by our love for meat and how it was affecting another being's life right mm -hmm. and the cruelty meted out to mm -hmm. uh when when uh, the seed of good dot particularly or plant based our foray into the plant based space mm -hmm. uh, was somewhere in the middle of 2000s uh, when abhishek my brother he went uh, he was a chemical engineer by training i was uh, just starting off my phd after mm -hmm. my biotechnology he uh, came across a paper from the netherlands where the dutch government was putting some uh, money into research into tissue culture meat mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we discussed as to you know what is this whole thing of tissue culture meat and uh, as a concept is something that made sense that you take a small bit of tissue from an animal and grow it up into a large uh, you know chunk of meat mm -hmm. uh, it it's it, it made sense but at that time of course we were much younger we didn't really uh, uh, not much, and we, this much we realized that it was something that was going to take a lot of time, effort, money, expertise, mm. and so on and so forth. Mm. Uh, where we couldn't really get into it at that point, we went our own separate ways. Mm. He went into the civil services. I went and you know into my into the sciences, and uh, again, but 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 he was in touch with the whole field. While my PhD per se was you know focused on protein chemistry. Right, which is sort of, uh, I mean, essentially related to what meat is composed of, which is proteins. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I came back to India, and and I think 2013, 14 is when we again started uh, talking about it, looking into it, and uh, you know, guys, we must do something about this. This is, and that was when the whole more plant-based meat alternatives were catching or beginning Begin. to sort of so uh, start up in the U.S. and elsewhere. Uh, that's when we decided that okay, fine. That there's some when others are doing it, we could also. It was not going to be easy, mm -hmm. and that is how the initial work with uh, Good Dot and Plant Based Meat started mm -hmm. with Abhishek, our very close friend uh, Deepak, uh, who's a co-founder, and uh, Shruti, our sister, who's a restaurateur and a hotelier, with uh, with experience across India and Southeast Asia. That's awesome. So, and how did four of you like? So it was you and your brother who was talking about this. So how did other people, I mean, sister was maybe obvious, but how did somebody else who's not in the family, how, you know, how was that? How did that kind of work? So Deepak has been, you know, close family friend for several years. And uh, in fact, it so happened that Abhishek was an IRS officer and he was on one side of the story on mm -hmm. the table and Deepak was a, a CA for a large firm and they were on opposite sides of the table. Right. But then they formed, for, formed a friendship and, uh, you know, got very close and Deepak being a jack also committed to the idea of and stuff so he also wanted to give give back to the society and do something beyond uh, you know a corporate or money only job that's right. how we got uh, together that is awesome so it's it's just funny how life plays out right you never know like people you've grown up with you're going to business with them are what are you going to do with them so that's a that's a fantastic story so uh -huh. something I, I, I must say i mean uh, uh, mm -hmm. see how you can sort of uh, uh, fit it in is you, you know actually uh, the role of uh, our parents, actually, uh, you know, when when we were growing up, you know, you, these are things that you don't really sort of realize. There are lots of things that passively diffuse into you, right? Um, my mom, she was a you know, daughter of a uh, famed teacher, and uh, she would tell us when we were children as to, you know, you guys, you know, we are not filthy rich or anything, but you've been given a decent enough pedestal uh, and comforts. Mm -hmm. and ensure that you do something with that right do something beyond yourself 
and she she would use a phrase which is you know in some sense uh, a little harsh but it really hit home the point she would say that apna kutta bhi dekh leta even a dog takes care of its own right so her thing was do something beyond yourself and you know be of help to the society and world at large i think that is very wise that is very wise so our parents end up teaching us so many things uh, which we may not consciously learn or retain but so i mean so much of their what they did more than sometimes more than what they said what, what they did we end up following them subconsciously right and i have seen that with my parents have seen that with so many other you know of my friends and how they land up emulating their parents even if they started out by saying i'm not going to do it they do so many mannerisms so many way of speaking so many way of thinking you know that has actually been passed on and which i think is fabulous right yeah and when you say about you know uh, saying versus doing and you know uh, uh, my dad while he was he was not a uh, you know person who talk about lots of things but then you'd see him he would take care of uh, rather feed feed dogs and every day you know someone one of the to office he would take a pack of biscuits and yeah. that was an invariant thing whether we were in calcutta or jaipur or wherever else uh, so so yeah i mean those things really hit home and that that sort of tells us as you know we are growing and you know we are having uh, children and nephews and nieces and mm-hmm. your her own that you know we we are actually looked up to and we affect them and their thought in uh, direct and indirect ways so so uh, i'm going to tell me a little bit uh, about the name like how did good dot and good do come into being uh, yeah uh, that's interesting so good dot is the again to repeat you know the company that manufactures plant based meats or mock meats and they develop it uh, the way it came about is you know our logo is a green dot with uh, the letter good dot lettered inside what we inscribed inside what we did uh, was we said how it came about is of course in india we have you know packaged food has to have a marking uh, indicating its vegetarian or non vegetarian mm-hmm. origins with a green dot or a red dot mm-hmm. right red dot indicating non veg origin or a, or a, and green meaning plant based yeah. or vegetarian rather uh, including dairy so what we said was you know let's adopt that green dot and mm-hmm. we are trying to do something that's good through it we are creating products that are good for us good for the environment good for animals and hence dream is good for all so we'll we'll call this dot as a good dot so that's how good dot was born that is a fantastic story as well as such a excellent brand play right i just love how amrit came came on and it, it was uh, you know in, in that sense uh, organic and I, at this point of time i guess we can say that it's well thought of so it, it came out came out well yeah it turned out well um so what is good do has as a bigger story uh, or uh, as probably as much of an interesting story uh, it was in 2017 we started good dot started commercial production in around september 2017 and this was during the pilot stages of, of the plant around june or so june or july 2017 abhishek was going to the factory he uh, crossed a meat shop uh, he went a little further then something inside him stirred it was on the highway he made a big big detour and came back around and he stopped at the meat shop and bought all the animals that were there there were a bunch of chicken and this one goat uh and he brought them to the factory we created a small sanctuary for them outside the factory uh mm-hmm. in the uh, factory premises 
and the goat uh, the the guys in the factory took a major liking to the goat you know they would uh, call him by all sorts of names uh, papu uh, guddu this and that and the name guddu sort of stuck as a term of endearment right this of course g u d d u guddu the typical hindi nickname uh, about 6 months later uh, you know this is uh, again this was june july about 6 months later we we thought that you know we need to create some kind of an experience center to let people know what exactly mock meat plant based meat is because people would ask us so we thought we'll come up with a small little food truck and as an experience center and uh, when it came to naming it we came across bounced around lots of names then we realized that you know now providence god creator whatever you want to call it through us save this uh, poor creature this goat and uh, let's 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 make him our mascot and let's name this uh, whole enterprise after him and it was it initially started off as good doos g u d d u z which then later we realized well we are good dot is good do and you can remove the t becomes good and do so so that's how good do was born fantastic so it's so interesting to see how names get created and how they land up playing such a big role in how people perceive your brand right i mean i think that's a big part of naming a company is also how people land up but just hearing the name they will start uh, they, they it will create curiosity it will also give them some insight into what the company does so and i think you guys have done a fantastic job on both those fronts right Tell me about uh, some of the challenges uh, that you faced when you started Good Dot and Good Do. Um, see, the, the the first challenge was you know j- even just realizing where to start, yeah. right? <laughs> All right, okay, you want to save the world, you want to save animals, etc., uh, etc. Et But mm. you know how do you make this thing? It is not something that's a generic product that you can just pick up something, pick a machine from somewhere, and straight away start making yeah. the best. and this meat so uh, it started off as the technical challenge of where do you start how do you do this thing and thankfully you know we had within the team uh, some exceptional skills right both in the core team of you know uh, four five people and some mm-hmm. of the wider team uh, with abhishek from a chemical engineering background and uh, shruti from a culinary background because she, she was she ran award winning hotels and restaurants herself uh, me from a science deep tech protein uh, chemistry mm-hmm. background and mm-hmm. some other people who had food production uh, background and a deep expertise in that you know we could come up and start off somewhere that was very critical as to where do you start that up from the second aspect was what we want to do with uh, good dot and good do is not create niche products that are you know available to the super wealthy the creamy layer and so on of course you know there those are people who are you know very actively engaged with us and they love our products so that, that's great but we wanted to make an impact so it had to be a mass product which would be adopted widely and hence price is very important right so focusing on how to get the price uh, and costs low mm-hmm. for a deep tech product with significant r&d uh, um, sort of time and cost uh, expenditures mm-hmm. was critical third aspect was we needed to create products that were ambient stable because in india cold chain you know still is very fractured right. and if we wanted to get products to uh, places around the country it that would have made life very very difficult not to you know uh, talk about the cost and the environmental footprint and other things 
so ensuring the technical aspects of shelf stability that would be and of course for like any startup the mm -hmm. the capital but that was not as difficult thankfully people did come in and help so i think whenever i talk to startups so i've been an angel investor in the past and till today you know talking to almost two to three startups a day i always jump right into funding even i'm not funding them i always want to understand how are you planning the funds and you will be surprised how little time people spend on it people obsess over the idea and they completely forget that hey to make this idea real you need to have funds you need to plan your funds properly you know how much you do to r&d how much you spend on marketing how much you spend on operations and but was that a very large problem and how did you all kind of work through it like did you all bootstrap did you all raise something how did you all because it's a deep tech product right it's going to require a lot a lot to be honest you know we initially thought of you know starting fairly small like most startups uh and you know the way things panned out uh, we got a interest and partnership opportunity with a major distribution channel mm -hmm. called RCM uh they are you know you know they have 7500 plus stores around the country 2 million active sales agents and uh, another so there was no opportunity for us to really think about starting small so we had to start at a middle medium scale to begin with and that of course requires capex and that was where you know thankfully both uh, uh, deepak and abhishek had a wide enough uh, network uh, of you know hnis uhnis and and of course friends and family uh, from all our connects where we could you know source significant funds early on which i don't think you know happens very easily for first time entrepreneurs right you know, deepak was not a first time entrepreneur nor was shruti uh, but but still uh, in this space it was a very new thing Okay. but thanks to their contacts that was done and you know deepak brings great you know financial acumen uh, so so that that part was taken care primarily mm -hmm. by him and uh, abhishek to mm -hmm. be honest that is awesome so during all this journey like till date can you think of a proud moment where you've been really proud of yourself and the team and the organization uh, uh you know uh, to be honest it is you know we are in the you know very front facing sort of a, a company right with a yeah. consumer uh, retail we got outlets right. so it, it happens surprisingly you know a lot more often than i had expected you know when uh, literally every time a, a a customer who walks into a good do outlet and says uh, you know they are very very told them about it or a friend has dragged them you know they're non vegetarians in many cases and they're like yeah yes new gaya soya gaya both hai right and, and then they come out and you know they try we, because we give samples that are outlets they, yeah, that is a at every each and each one of those is a you know fantastic uh, experience for us and our team to see people change their mindset like literally uh, like that so that is a, a, a very that tells us about you know the product you know what we are doing it matters it can make difference and people's consumption habits can change uh, because of this and uh, uh, something a little more let's say at a bigger level was uh, in 2018 uh, there's an event called the parliament of world religions right this is the largest religious leaders anywhere in the world it happens once every 20 years or so oh wow yeah so it's a massive thing the, the first one was in 1893 in chicago and oh, uh, no. that's where swami vivekananda gave his chicago address oh okay yeah. no, 
out. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and then and then in 2018 was the seventh one. Oh, wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, of course, you can imagine different religions, uh, people coming in from different parts of the world. Uh, right. They said, you know, while all religions, we talk, talk about love and compassion, we primarily look at it from a human-centric approach. Mm -hmm. right? But of course, we live on a planet and the planet has to survive and there are other creatures in it. We said, you know, let's expand the circle of compassion to include the whole planet. And to that effect, they said, you know, why don't we have a vegan banquet? Okay. Of course, you know, as you can imagine, many religions, you don't really, really care about veganism per se. Okay. So, you know, they want, they were worried about, you know, what they're going to eat and uh, stuff. So they said, you know, this category of plant-based meats has been, you know, making uh, some sound. Why don't we try it out? And they uh, tested certain, you know, several global uh, products. And unbeknownst to us, you know, uh, a well-wisher of ours and a friend, he sent our products. And they actually chose our product over, you know, several, you know, other uh, counterparts. And a celebrity chef created an entire banquet out of it and the entire event rather. Uh, so much so, and people there absolutely, and so much so, they Abhishek up to the podium to address the entire audience, right? Uh, so that was that was phenomenal, you know, for all the first, it oh, was, was a huge. Oh, that was absolutely phenomenal. Like, it was literally, for a lack of a better, an opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, when once in 20 years, like, again, I can probably say it again after 20 years, but I think there's literally an opportunity for like that, right? So that was, that was phenomenal. That's a big, big, big victory, a big proud moment. And also a lot of small proud moments, right? The proud moments every day, not to take away from this, but that was actually a very, I mean, a national scale, international right. scale, fantastic. At that point, we've been in operation, commercial operation for like, you know, 15 months or so. Right, so <laughs> so it was uh -huh. uh, good validation, yeah. No, absolutely. no, so when you have a good product, I think you know it, it'll speak for itself. Literally, like you didn't go and sell it, right? The product spoke for itself. So, I'm, I'm going to use an example in my future talks on how products speak for itself. So, tomorrow I have a talk with Niti Ayog and uh, uh, an incubator. I'm going to use this as an example of how products should be speaking for themselves, right? So, it's a fantastic example. And uh, my learning of my day. Anyway, so uh, coming to the next thing, uh, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Like three pieces of advice. If you could go back to your 18-year-old self and tell them like three things, like these are three things you need to do or learn. What would they ah, be? That's, that's uh, interesting. Uh, I guess the first one would be, uh, don't worry about calculus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the second one uh, would be, you know, try try not to worry too much about where you're going to land up, how you're going to uh, get there, right? Because any plan plan that you would have, right, would fall by, by the wayside, most of them. You know, even the best laid out plans don't work out. But stay, third would be stay focused on sort of a, you know, think about a bigger picture, right? Because what you want your life to be and start thinking early. Because that will matter so much more than anything. Very good. I love the first one. Calculus is not important. <laughs> I love that. So I, I do this very weird thing. Or maybe I just started doing this very weird thing. On my kid's birthday, I interview them. So my six-year-old uh, actually started this trend. Right. So on the birthday, she was like, hey, you're doing this, breaking the ceiling. So I discuss work at home. Right? So they know that I'm doing the show. 
and my six year old and her birthday just went by recently. So she said, like, hey, you know, you interview everybody. Why don't you interview me? So I said, sure. I like I pretended to like do an interview with her. And I said, what do you want? I'm like, okay, what should I ask you? What do you know? So she thought for a couple of minutes and then she's like, I'm sick. So how about you ask me six things that I have learned in my life? I was like, that's a very thoughtful six year old. But nonetheless, let's start with that. And she actually told me six things and I shared this. As a, I, I, I use Notion, right? So I put this in Notion and, uh, and I shared this on LinkedIn. I think it's still my most commented on post ever, right? It was so insightful for a six-year-old to think these things. Many people are like, oh, you know, you're raising a strong daughter and she's so forward thinking and wish her happy birthday, this, that, and the other. So my son felt very jealous. Like, so they also like once in a day, I'll sit on LinkedIn at night, right? So they also kind of huddle around me in the iPad and they see what I'm doing. And uh, so my son was like, what the hell, like, when are you going to interview me? Like, I want to talk about nine things. And he's actually a national level chess player. So he's more, way more accomplished, <laughs> but he felt very out of spot. But I, I love the fact that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this with him at some point, maybe after calculus is done. That, hey, calculus is not important. Yeah, that is a very interesting. I mean, uh, 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 sort of an anecdote regarding, you know, things not really working out the way you planned. So when I was in, you know, ninth and 10th and, uh, uh, 11th, I was like, all right, 9th, 10th, pay, I like biology, bye bye. Right? I, mm-hmm. I, I can't deal with you. I can't draw onion rings and cells. Right? Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, no biology. And 11th and 12th, I realized ki, okay, I really enjoy maths and physics. Chemistry isn't really my cup of tea. It's okay, mm-hmm. fine. Right? And it so happened that the I my whole plan was, okay, I'm just going to. 12th, I'm going to study physics in St. Stephen's New Delhi. Right? I was like, uh, Stephen's uh, uh, physics. Padna. And uh, I, I actually, thank, thankfully, I got in there. Right? I even started studying. And uh, Abhishek, he was uh, across the road in Hindu studying chemistry. Mm. Right? Hindu college chemistry. What, what happened was on, the, on his first day of college, which was after a month after mine, he was uh, ragged on the streets and it really oh. got out of hand. It got uh, uh, violent and all that. And uh, he he had to leave the whole thing because my parents were concerned because he, uh, uh, you know, it, it was uh, not a nice scene. My parents were concerned. They pulled him out. They said, you know, we're not risking it. And thereafter, actually, there was a form which Abhishek wanted to study engineering and stuff. So they got form for this biotechnology thing, which None, neither Abhishek or I were biology students, right? So, so this uncle who was leaving the house, just literally wearing his shoes, he's like, oh, apne ke liye, uh, biotech ka form mangwaya kya? He's like, no, they're not biology students. This uncle standing at the doorway, he's telling, nahi, nahi, abhi wo human genome uh, sequence, why it's a massive thing, it's going to make a difference. Apply karne do, mm-hmm. engineering discipline. They got the form for him. The last day of the filling the form, he said, nahi, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do biotechnology. Many then my, my dad literally, I remember saying, why don't you fill it? I said, I don't want to do engineering. I have physics. Mm-hmm. My dad says, yeah, 600 rupees will waste. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my God. Right? And uh, I was, you know, said, yeah, I have to exam. Uh-huh. So I, I filled the uh-huh. thing. Uh, about two months later, exam ka date aata hai. My dad like, okay, exam ka leg, chalo. I said, yeah. I've been, you know, just playing games and sports. I don't Why should I do it? He again, again he says, waste <laughs> So, so I, uh, I wrote, unfortunately got in. 
because my brother had left uh, uh, Hindu, they were, got worried about me. Uh-huh. They pulled me out of Stevens and sent me to study biotechnology. And I, I was not really a biology person. I didn't enjoy it. Mm. I went there. And thereafter, it so happened that I ended up, uh, you know, developed an interest in a certain part of that and ended up having a PhD in biochemistry. There's a guy who did not study biology, <laughs> did not want to study biology, did not like chemistry as a PhD in that. And of course, that has, you know, somehow helped here as well. So you know, things really, you don't really know how things pan out. 100%. So, so many people who I know who are, uh, you know, ahead in their field had, don't have the basic education in that field. Very rarely will I see people, you know, who have education in that field doing well. Like, so, for example, Dr. Vedomani is one of them. He's the uh, MD of Thyrocare. Or now the creator of Thyrocare. He's one of my mentors. So, he actually studied, you know, in that field. He did his work in BRC and he learned so much and then he was able to apply it, right? Also, some of the stuff you studied, obviously, I mean, I mean, it's helping you here. But in so many different fields, I've seen people, nothing to do with that field, and they're doing excellent in that field, right? So you never know what you plan and where you end up, right? And as long as you enjoy the journey, I think it's all worth it at the end, right? So uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your work-life balance. How does, what do you do to relax? How much time is work? How much time is personal life? Tell me a little bit about that. You know, it's still, you know, we are in a very early stage startup uh, as yet, right? So, you know, work and because, you know, my uh, brother's involved, my sister is involved and, you know, we all, in fact, uh, in the early days, our, our kitchen was, you know, one of the major hubs for experimentation. So, you know, my, 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 my mom, my dad, they were all involved. So, you know, work was home was, you know, it, there was not much of a uh, difference initially. Uh, now, I, I so I, I'd like to, you know, talk about the work life or the way I think about it is you know work and life don't have to be different right when when to be honest if you're passionate about something if you're really enjoying what you're doing and you know it makes a difference uh, to you and uh, those around you then uh, just because you're working more hours doesn't mean your wife your, your life is affected adversely of course, right? Uh, they are very well uh, correlated. But uh, uh, thankfully, you know, from that point of view, uh, my wife has been very understanding, right? She's, she's been like, you know, take some years and uh, uh, do this. And she is also about bi- biotechnology, so she understands. And she has a you know major interest in food, so she chimes in. Javi um, has an interest, she chimes in. So, so we are all, uh, in that sense, connected. But on a day-to-day basis, you know, I try to, which I mostly fail at, but I, I, I try to spend some time uh, I, I love spirituality, so I try to spend time uh, uh, reading or listening to spiritual stuff. Mm. I uh, I like running, so mm. I run not as frequent as I would want. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, but I really enjoy uh, working out. Ho- hopefully, I think uh, you know there were certain times during this COVID period when I was very active and I was doing everything. Then it falls off. So I think I need to get better at that in, in ensuring that other things also happen. But uh, yeah, not 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 too not too. Uh, worried about it and that would be something that i'd like to you know tell your uh, listeners as well Ki, you know again focus and try to find something that really gives you a purpose that you enjoy doing and uh, while of course you know physical health and other things is important but once you get that once you find that uh, mm-hmm. you know one or two things that you really enjoy then you know work and life they don't have to be two different entities per se so while you're saying that it reminded me of what my dad used to say he's like if you love the work you do 
would never work a day in your life, right? And uh, so early on, uh, in early days of Equinox, I used to do 14 hour days, maybe in 16 hour days at times. And all my friends were like, are you crazy? Why are you burning out? And, you know, you can just quit and you can just go back to other things and so on and so forth. But that never, I mean, I used to never look at it as work because I love what I did, right? I knew the bigger purpose. I knew what I was working on. I wasn't feeling burnt out. I wasn't feeling as tired or I can't, you know, go on anymore. I wasn't, you know, artificially pushing myself to, you know, something. I felt, hey, I had to do this because I want to get there faster, right? And as long as you don't feel pressure or you don't feel that this, at the end of the day, if you feel it's not worth it, that's actually stress, right? So I think uh, Robin Sharma has a way of uh, saying it. He's like, at the end of it, if you feel stress, means you have not found your purpose. But at the end of it, if you're working on something of purpose, you will not feel stress, right? You will feel joy. You will, it's like, hey, it's worth what you've been, you know, what you put in. Uh, uh, Jordan Peterson. So I listened to him a fair bit. And mm -hmm. uh, he was quoting uh, Nietzsche in one of his talks. Mm -hmm. And well, what it says was, I mean, I probably won't get it exactly right. He who has a why can endure almost any how. Two days ago, I read the exact same quote. Uh, it resonated a lot with me. And I didn't think I even told my son and daughter about it. And yeah, so it, it's very weird how I tell a six year old and a nine year old about quotes from Nietzsche and so many other people. <laughs> when people find it very weird, but quotes are a very large uh, source of my uh, inspiration. They're a very large part of my life because I feel they're able to encapsulate motivation, inspiration in a single little frame, right? Just one sentence can change people's mindsets and it has done it for me hundreds of times. So anytime I feel down, I just, I have like thousand quotes on my phone. I just go through a few of them and I literally, they're like a source of energy for me, right? So even the things I share on social platforms is literally quotes. That's the only thing I share on social platforms, right? And that's been, that's been fantastic. So tell me a little bit about role of mentors in your life. So in, in, in the formal sense of the word, mentor right I, I i don't think you know i have a you know a professional and a personal mentor you know who guide me through x y or z but there are people who sort of you know have influenced me uh, very positively in in big and small ways one, one of them i think uh, a huge one is, is, is my uh, mom who was uh, just from the point of view of you know about the again the purpose part be you know be being sort of dedicated focused on what you're doing and uh, see that you know certain things around you know uh, how to people you know where, who you work with and you know who you deal with how you connect with people you know those are things that you know very soft so-called soft skills but they are there i mean as you know if you ask me to go and make uh, you know uh, any dish at my outlet i, I you know the customer will probably run away that there are, uh, and, and to be honest, I again I learn a, a fair bit from uh, uh, Abhishek as well. There are my my, my PhD advisor, you know, had he was trained by uh, Hargobind Khurana, uh, the oh. Nobel laureate, mm -hmm. uh, and a uh, few sort of key quotes that he would repeat often. And uh, so like one of them was, dude, dude, Avi, you need to own the means of production. You know, here I'm in an academic lab. I'm, you know, doing research. What do you mean by mm. means of production? So we used to work on proteins that, you know, we had to purify and they were, you know, extremely painful things to do. 
and uh, and uh, you know many of us would be like you know why don't we get it from someone like no dude it, it, you know you got to own the means the means of production and once you got that you'd realize that you know people from around the world are coming to you saying you know let's collaborate because you you've done the tough part mm-hmm. so you'd say the other thing you would say is you know find something uh, tough that you can do that others can't or won't do right so so the people like that and you know quotes like that that really uh, helps uh, i i do pick up i i i cannot call it a mentor but i uh, learn a lot from uh, jordan peterson uh, and you know <laughs> the stuff that he says and the other people like that uh, on a, on a formal setting i think you know that's something i should probably work on you know and find some people who can guide me better on certain things that i'm not very good at or uh, you know structure my life in uh, better what i have learned is mentors are a people that you can choose right like they may not naturally be in your current course of life but you can literally find people that inspire you motivate you and reach out to them for help and you'll be very surprised how quickly they say yes because when people reach a certain epitome of success they find this moral obligation on their shoulder that i have to give back it's a moral obligation now no other obligations are a moral obligation so it's surprising how many people will go out of their way to kind of help you mentor you whatever you want so for example one of my mentors is in his 20s while one of my mentors is far in his 80s and everyone in between so anyway when i tell people like one of my mentors is 20 they're like really like bachche se advice de raha hai but the bachche know some things about something that i don't know right and uh, so so for every uh, uh, different aspect of the life where i feel i can uh, you know develop strength Somebody. I have somebody for social media. She is a social media guru. She has like millions of followers. She will take time out to help me scale mine. And how do you use it to kind of grow your business, right? How do you use it to create a bigger circle of influence, right? So it's fantastic, to, so that you don't have to struggle through all of it yourself. Somebody can just kind of come in and you know demystify something for you within two minutes, where you would have taken two years and still not cracked it, right? So that's where I've seen mentors kind of you know helping out. so that that kind of brings me to my last question which is somebody new entering uh, the field of food uh, or food tech what is the one piece of advice you would leave them with i would say see with respect to food you know if you're making anything doing and uh, creating anything that goes into a food or a mm. food product mm. taste 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 right focus on that you know forget everything else If you have a product that people find it difficult to eat, they're pro- you're probably going to find it difficult to sell, right? Um, and uh, the second, on a on a more generic uh, level, is you know, folk again, be very clear. What is it that you want to do with your product? What is it? Uh, it's your USP. With that USP, who are you looking to target? You know, that fitment is very very critical. If 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 you're making uh, you know a, a product x for and keep in keeping in mind a target audience y but the product doesn't really appeal to the most people and you, know, you are screwed so focus focus on those two, uh, two things very very critically so many, so many times what i have seen and i have my, i've made this mistake myself we create an isolation right while you can ideate in isolation i think you have to validate in public you have to go meet the audience that you want to serve that you know you have in your mind at least meet a hundred of these people and then you will get that real feedback of like hey is this something that's going to work not going to work so before people go and invest millions on things many of them forget sometimes the very initial 
step. And many people have taken this step. It even could be something new, right? Like you probably didn't have an audience for mock meet. Like you don't have like, oh, let me go talk to 100 mock meet lovers. There was no mock meet lovers before you in India, right? So figuring that out, I think would have been fantastic. So, uh, I mean, uh, thank you so much for taking out your time, sharing so generously, sharing a lot of anecdotes uh, you know, from your past, which were fantastic. So I think those stories will stay way longer than other, you know, other figures. I think stories uh, stay longer with people. So thank you, Abhinav, for taking out the time. Uh, you've been a leader in the field of food tech. You have created an iconic brand uh, as an organization. You all are marching forward. And I'm looking forward uh, to seeing Good Dot and Good Do achieve you know, new heights. And if there's anything me or uh, Econox can do for you, please let us know. We'll be happy to help you scale to bigger heights. Much it was absolute pleasure. You know, you definitely don't get to, you know, have these kind of chats uh, very often. So, so that, that's the reason. That, that's the reason we do this, right? I mean, when do otherwise in a busy day, we never get to talk. You know, this week we, we normally we would sit, we would discuss business, we would discuss that You know, we go different ways. But that's one of the reasons I created this, right? Getting a little more offline, if you want to call it that, right? And get to know the people behind brands. So thank you, thank you for taking out the time. So everyone, that was Abhinav Sinha from uh, Good Dot, and he shared so generously with us. I'm hoping that all of you have taken at least one thing back. And what I have taken back is the passion that he carries uh, for uh, his product, for the cause that he's working on. That's what I've taken back and such an infectious passion. Uh, I'm definitely going to be evaluating my choices of meat going forward. And uh, uh, stay tuned for the next episode. We have somebody very interesting coming up next week. Stay tuned for that. Thanks a lot and have a great day. Bye.